From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. There's the path of the charismatic guru and the path of mastery. And they're both legitimate paths, but the charismatic guru path is the one we all see, but it's really only right for maybe 10% of us. Today on episode 59 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Dove Gordon. If you're starting your own consulting or coaching business following a long corporate career, you have relationships that you can turn into revenue right away. Dove shares how he struggled with marketing and sales until he realized that the way he was already building relationships was the key to untapped recurring revenue and at the same time provided prospects for his consulting and coaching work. The story behind this brilliant insight will change the way you think about relationship marketing. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, let's welcome Dove Gordon. Dove helps consultants get ideal clients by becoming under-the-radar leaders in their industry. You can find him at profitablerelationships.com. Dove, welcome to the show. Good to be here, David. So, Dove, how did you become an expert in helping consultants build their client base? School of hard knocks. Absolutely school of hard knocks and uh, some, some really good mentors and coaches over the years. So uh, I'm one of those who started out recognizing that I have some valuable skills. There are things I was good at, able to help people with, but I was not a natural marketer or salesperson. And therefore, I spent the first seven, maybe eight years of running my coaching slash consulting business, pushing boulders up hills, only to watch them roll right back down. And um, yeah, so I do seem to have a penchant for learning from suffering, though. You know, really suffering my way through something and not quitting, uh, even when you might feel like it, and distilling some you know, insightful lessons from it and then being able to share that with others. So after several years later when I had really started to figure things out. And I, and I came to see that I was not by far the only person who had this type of uh, struggle or problem where you know that you have a lot to offer, you're really good at what you do, but you're not just not, you're not a natural marketer, not natural at sales, you've got to learn it. And I realized that there's two paths as I see it, is the path of the charismatic guru and the path of mastery. And they're both legitimate paths, but the charismatic guru path is the one we all see, but it's really only right for maybe maybe 10% of us. The other is it's just, it clashes with our personality, clashes with our values, perhaps just not who we are. So we're, we're trying to follow that path, but it doesn't really work. So that's, uh, that's how I became the expert. Uh, I mean, again, I, along the way, I, I did seek out mentors and, and, and books and courses and, and colleagues, and I learned from everybody any chance I can. You know, Dove, that, that's actually very astute. The fact that uh, the charismatic guru is the person that we typically see and that many of us wonder why we're not like that. And I can say that um, I've seen so many people try, to, uh, like struggle to try to become that guru when it's just not the path for them. So I think the way you've just laid this out, that it's that the charismatic guru is a path, but it's a path for probably a small percentage of us as I said, it's, it's really astute. It certainly rings true to my ears. And the, the fascinating or perhaps uh, frustrating thing is that most people are not aware that there is another path, which I call the path of mastery, because 
you wake up in the morning and you and you feel you feel like, wow, I've got so much to offer. How do I find clients? And you you sign up for a webinar, you join an email list, and you start getting bombarded with um, all this stuff and all this blueprints as it used to be. I don't know if that's uh, so common anymore, but do this, do that, just like I did, and you too can have you know everything I've got. And we try it, but um, when it doesn't work, we're not really sure where to turn, and people end up blaming themselves. Oh, there must be something wrong with me. But it's not. It's not you, the person. It's just your process. It's your, the way you're going about it. And you need to know that there are other ways that are probably a better approach for your personality and your, what you're comfortable with. And if, as soon as you kind of pivot, shift your direction and recognize, oh, wow, I didn't even know that was there. Suddenly, you know, opportunities start to open up because now you're being yourself. And that's, that is the, the most influential person to be. You know, we're all turned off by somebody who's trying to be something or someone that they're not. Somehow we can usually tell. And it's not very attractive. So the, the greatest thing is to get to that point where we're just comfortable being who we are, doing it, doing it your way, doing it my way. That's the way to do it. Now, for consultants and coaches that are not the charismatic guru, do you see that there is one process that works particularly well? Or do you see that there are multiple processes and your process is one among many that works for those that need to find the mastery path rather than the guru path? Well, I fundamentally believe that there are, you know, billions of ways to succeed and, and one way to fail. And most of us think that there are billions of ways to fail and, and there must be that one way to succeed, which nobody told me about yet. I think it's really the opposite. If, if you're going to follow a series of steps that are based on really kind of the timeless principles about how to how to be focused on getting in front of an ideal client, how to how to talk about what you do in a way that gets their attention and interest, and there are timeless principles that these are based on. Once you're going to, you know, th that's kind of the underlying structure of things, which we all have to be aware of because it is what it is. I mean, there are only a few things that are going to get the attention and interest of your ideal client. And I'll just say it. I'll just throw it out quickly. If you're talking about your credibility, your experience, your methodology, they're less likely to be interested. Uh, you've got to talk about the only two things that they are interested in. That is a problem they have and don't want and a result they want and don't have. And if you're, everything you're doing is rooted in that, you will get their attention and interest. And that's the first step. And then it leads to the sales conversation, which also has underlying principles. So I believe that every way could work and every way could fail. You know, all the tactics could work. All the tactics could fail. Podcasting could be very successful. It could be a total flop. Webinars, uh, Facebook ads, LinkedIn outreach, all of this could really work and it can all fail. And it really depends on are you building it on the underlying foundation. Now, me personally, over the last uh, year or two, I really started to narrow my focus where now my focus at ProfitableRelationships.com is where I'm really helping people. Well, let me say it this way. I really believe that the successful consultants, people who have been around for a while, whether they see themselves as very successful or just you know moderate, they know that their best clients tend to come from referrals and or relationships with people that somehow came across them, maybe heard them speak once, and they've maintained the relationship. The problem is that these relationships, the referrals, referrals are unpredictable, hard to know when they're going to come, and relationships take a lot of time. So the question is, how do you leverage that? How do you take what you've been doing and make it happen or produce more consistently and at a higher level? How do you make those referrals come more consistently? How do you leverage those relationships so that you're able to really build deeper, meaningful relationships with more people in, in the same or, or less time? 
and that's that's really what I've come to narrow my focus on. And I'll just say this: it's something that I really resisted for several years. You know, I, I personally was afraid. I was afraid, well, that's too narrow. But when I finally took the leap and I I did this, and I can share, we can talk more about it if you want. You know, I really it, it's the kind of thing where I have that experience, which I've had before as well. I should have done this sooner. You know, I mean, because this is you know kind of my my unique my unique little um, ability to use uh, Dan Sullivan's term. You know. I've been doing this for myself for 10 plus years. So I've kind of really refined it. I've learned so much, but I was stuck in the expert's curse. I thought, well, anybody could do this. But a couple of years ago, I started to realize that, well, maybe everybody could do it, but I don't know anybody who is. And the interesting thing is you become what I call the under the radar leader in your industry. And this is great, by the way, for anybody who was in the corporate world and look at, and, and is now you know, going solo uh, as, as you talk about here. And we can elaborate on specifically why, again, we'll go any direction you want. But when you create or build what I call an alchemy network, then that positions you to be the under the radar leader in your industry. You don't have to become this big and famous person because if you're well, if you have solid relationships with 30, 50, 100, 150 well-placed people in your industry and, and, you know, and, and they know you, they know what you can do and they know what you're doing and you're doing for them through the network, but the very fact that they are in your network you will have a consistent flow of ideal clients. You'll have as many clients as you can handle for the most part. I mean, that's that's the rough kind of high level. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about the process first and then let's talk about why it works really well for those that are going solo. Well, the process is is recognizing that, well, okay, it is it does come down to relationships. I mean, even my friends and colleagues who are, as they would say, killing it with Facebook ads or that type of thing or war, they all need to collaborate with other human beings in the real world. Uh, and the real world could be, you know, Zoom calls. Most of the people I do business with, I've never met face to face. But we, you know, in many ways, we have better, closer friendships than people I have, I, I see every day. So there has got to be conversation, you know. And the idea is, let's say you are a leadership consultant, management consultant, and you want to, you know, what could you do? I mean, you could be spending lots of time on content marketing and pushing that out on LinkedIn and pushing out an email and all that and reaching out to people and having having uh, coffees and and who knows what. And all of that could work. But again, now you're doing things. You're, you're creating and, and building relationships. But how do you leverage that? Because let's say you, you do have a good conversation with a potential client and they say, you know, yeah, David, it all sounds really good, but we're, we've got our hands really full right now. And I think that six months from now is, is, uh, is when we'll be ready. Could you please get in touch with me six months from now? And you know, you're, you're good at follow-up. So five months from now, you reach out and you say, Hey, how's it going? Just checking it. You said, I should get back to you. I figured now would be a good time. And you say, Oh, David, oh, it's a pity you didn't get back to me last month because we just started working with this other consultant and you kick yourself and you think, Hur. and Sure, you could put them on your email list, of course, with permission, and and then it's uh, you're sending them things that you know articles that might be of interest. You can even do the more personalized, but also quite awkward, where you're sending them things directly. Hey, I saw this article or this video or this whatever. I thought of you. I thought you might be interested, but you're kind of guessing, you know. And it's a one-way conversation. But what if instead you could say, look, hey, six months from now that'll be great. In the meantime, though, you told me that you're dealing with this. I lead a network for people just like you. And the core idea, the big idea behind it is this. And it's only, you know, it's a thousand or two thousand dollars for a year. And it's a highly curated network. Uh, not everybody can get in. You know, paying and, and having the right title is not enough. I'm really looking for certain kinds of people. And based on our conversations, I really think that it would be a good fit. 
And they say, okay, yeah, that sounds really good. And they join your network. Now you have a two-way conversation. Now you're really creating great value for them. Number one, because you're curating this, this group of people who in all likelihood, most of them are going to be people that they will resonate with, they will connect with, they will want to get to know better because they're facing similar challenges. They have overlapping interests and they can learn from each other and, and build each other build each other up through conversations. And that's the two core you know, basic values that you're creating or, or value that you're creating in your Alchemy Network is curation and conversation, making these conversations happen. And you don't have to be there all the time. They know that because you're facilitating and leading this network, you're the one who's, you know, you're the wizard behind the curtain. And it also makes it really easy for you to say, hey, David, this is maybe two months after they said, call me in six months, two months after they said, you say, hey, David, let's get on a quick 10, 15 minute call. I want to find out what you guys are up to because that'll help me know how to steer the network in a way that's valuable for you as well as others. When can we get on a quick 10 minute call? They've given you a really modest, small amount of money. They're benefiting from the new people that they've come to meet because of you. They've seen and the conversations that you they're having because of you. Of course, they're going to want to get on a call to talk to you. And now, now you're having that two-way conversation where they're happy to share with you what's going on. And you are able to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in that now company in a very leveraged way uh, so that when it comes to four months and they're actually going to be ready, they're not going to anybody else. They're, they're going to you because you're top of mind and uh, not just top of mind because you're sending them one-way communication, but you've deepened the relationship significantly instead of watch the relationship go cold significantly, which is what usually happens. Okay. And um, how does this work in particular for those that are going solo? So those who are going solo, you're going to be faced with an onslaught of things that you could do. You know, if you're a great thing to do is to go back to all of your connections, relationships that you've built over your years in the corporate world and even take a step back. You got to be really clear is if I'm going solo, who is my ideal client? Who are they? So, and, and then you're either going to want to build a network that is targeting your ideal client or there are three types of members that you would have, either colleagues or ideal client or recommenders. I'll just kind of walk through each of these. Uh, colleagues would be people like you, other consultants or experts who are marketing to the same type of audience and you can complimentary put each other in front of the same type of audience. I have a client right now who's, he's a, a rather successful financial planner from England, currently in, in uh, Shanghai, dealing with the expat market. And he's starting now to build a network where he's bringing together other experts who service the executive expat audience. Uh, they may bring similar competing or, or very different uh, services, but now he's reaching out and starting to build that network because they each have their audiences and they could introduce the others in their network. And that's, that's what a colleague group would look like. Ideal client group would be, I have a second network. It's called the Under the Radar Leaders Network. Uh, this network is for consultants and experts who are building their their business through leveraging relationships, whether it's by building an alchemy network or some other way. And that's a way for for these types of people to learn from each other and to and to get a little bit of uh, or I mean, to get my help and input along the way as well. So that's kind of where you bring a network of ideal clients. So let's say you're a leadership consultant or an executive coach, you might reach out and build a network that was targeting senior leaders. Uh, and the third thing is recommenders. You can have a network that's built around recommenders. Now, that would be in a case where, let's say, your ideal client uh, is so senior or so high up, like the CEO of a billion-dollar or multi-billion-dollar company, really hard to reach 
of course it's doable, but you have to really be covering a broad range of, of topics that most people are not going to be doing that. Or, or you need, well, let me give you an example of how it works. So I have another client who is a consultant. His focus is on helping manufacturing companies with their new product development. And for him, we realized that that when he's doing a new project, which starts at $200,000, goes up to low seven figures, uh, it involves a number of different departments in the company because it has to. So the real decision maker is going to be CEO level or just about. But that's hard to reach because a lot of the frustrations or the problems that are happening are not necessarily really on the CEO's radar. Or the CEO is not necessarily really understanding the true cause of it. A level or two down, they are. So how do you do that? Because you, you, he can't build really a network for the CEO. It's not going to go. So what we devised is he's building a network for directors of uh, the R&D directors. And he's found that, that he can reach out cold to R&D directors of half billion dollar plus companies with a very compelling message that we, we devised and they respond. And many of them have chosen to join his alchemy network, whereupon the goal is to build those relationships, get to know them really well, and look for an opportunity to make a big difference in their department. Because they're frustrated. They're struggling because they're a, a lot in a large part due to problems that they don't fully control. So he can maybe do a twenty to fifty thousand dollar coaching or other mini project that makes a difference. And then the natural next step is for the R and D director to turn to his colleagues and superior and say, "Hey, we really should bring this guy in because um, look what he did for us. And here are the other problems he can solve if I get a little more, you know, collaboration with you." So it sounds like maybe it's an awful lot of work, and maybe you know it, it's kind of long term. But when you're doing high value consulting, it's long term. So back to the person who's going solo it begins by getting a clear idea of. Who is your ideal client? And then if you're going to build an alchemy network, which type of network makes the most sense for you to get in front of most of your ideal clients? And also look back and realize that if, if you have built and, and maintained relationships over the years, that's probably the best place to start because there are still people in perhaps in your old company or other companies or people working at other companies who probably need your help. Almost everybody already knows their first, um, you know, somewhere between 10 and 30 uh, members. So it's just a good place to start, especially if you're looking to do high value consulting or services. So either colleagues, ideal clients or recommenders. Yeah. As the ideal candidate for your network. Mm -hmm. And can networks have more than one of these types or should they, is it better if they just have one? I generally recommend one, but you know, you ask, can it ever? My approach is never say never, always keep an open mind. I'm sure there is some creative way that it could be done. I actually just thought of another client who is in the end of the rail ears network and he, he's a member. So it's not like I'm not working with him one-on-one -on -one to build it, but he is building a network of senior executives at SaaS companies, software as a service companies. So it's not, there's some of them are more senior, some less, but they all have budget and uh, budget responsibility. And his expertise is on the marketing side. So uh, he's actually, you know, I, I believe he got a client just by, you know, just by reaching out to people to invite them to his network. And that led to a conversation, which uh, even before the person joined the network and they were talking to him about a project. So I think it, it's possible, but here's, here's the way to think about it. You have to have the two foundational, the strategic decisions, if you will, who is the ideal member and what's the big idea that's going to make them want to participate. So Generally speaking, people that have overlapping common interests, you know, it's easier to come up with a big idea. So 
if somebody can come up with a big idea that really cuts across more than one of those categories, and, and let's say you may be recommenders and ideal client, then sure, it's possible. But that, that's how you think about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And now that you've been doing this for a while, what kinds of results are you seeing, particularly this year with COVID-19? Well, I've been running my own network for, for you know, 10 years. I've recently started at the beginning of this year, a little bit into last year, maybe helping other people do it. And I'm seeing that this is a way to reach people. Most, most of the, the clients that people are looking to reach, they're, they're just exhausted with, with they're just tired of the constant pitches that they're getting on LinkedIn or through email outreach and, and the constant, you know, automation that's pretending to be personal. What I'm definitely seeing is that in contrast, where most people are reaching out, kind of asking for something, trying to convince about something, when you're reaching out to, to invite someone to your alchemy network, even if you do have a modest annual fee, you're essentially offering to give them something. And that really helps you break through the clutter. And that's something that I'm seeing. So uh, it's a real big advantage. It sounds like a game changer. What also, what are you seeing in terms of these sort of high achieving professionals going solo this year with the disruption in the worldwide economy? I'm not sure that I have the, you know, necessarily a uniquely close position to this. You know, I, I think that, um, but I've always, you know, I'm not necessarily like, I don't have a long line of people waiting to talk to me that, oh, I was working in the corporate world and now I'm gone on my own. But we've always worked with, with some of what I call uh, corporate refugees, where at some point they realized, hey, you know, I'm tired of the corporate nonsense and limitations and restrictions. I want to do my own thing. And then they get out and do their own thing only to discover that, it's not as simple as just being good at what you do. You've got to build uh, marketing and sales and delivery and all that. And, you know, it used to be you were one cog in the wheel for better or for worse, but now you are all the cogs in the wheel and uh, you're going to be grading all over yourself. So it's, uh, and rusting in some cases. So, <laughs> so you really do need, you know, you do need, you do need some kind of, you know, ways of, of simplifying and leveraging. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be very straight. I'm not going to make anything up. I don't know that I have a unique perspective or unique visibility that would be necessarily more than anybody else. If you're talking about all the, you know, the millions of people who have been let, lost their corporate jobs, that's what you mean? Yeah, I mean, my, I haven't seen data that uh, indicate what the trends may be this year, but I suspect that there are a lot more people that are being forced to go solo this year. And I think we're going to, yeah. we'll probably see an increase going forward for some time to come, if not for good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I imagine that some people are being forced and some people are figuring why not. And some people are working from home and probably moonlighting on the side. Exactly. Hey, you know, why not? You know, I, I was just talking to somebody in Australia who's been uh, kind of showing, he's doing this or versions of this for the last 20 years where he started by uh, getting his, his office, let him work, uh, work from home. And that was a big deal then. Uh, now everybody's doing it, but um, people are looking for it. People really value the freedom, the, the, where essentially if you're working from home or if you're doing your own thing, the results matter. The kind of checking all the boxes is not what matters. If you're getting the results, it doesn't matter so much how you get there. And that's a freedom that a lot of people appreciate. I know I do. Yeah. Well, Dove, thank you so much for for coming on today and um, sharing your story and sharing this um, process that you're using and teaching because having this kind of framework is 
sounds to me like it can really be a game changer for uh, for consultants and coaches, and particularly for those that are going solo, especially if they're kind of thrust into going solo quite suddenly. Their relationships are really key to being successful. So having the, a process to build on these relationships is is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Dove, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that you've shared today or they want to learn more or access any resources you have, where would they go? They can go to ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash smashing uh, in honor of your, your title title here, Smashing the Plateau. So ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash smashing. I put up a, a training there, which we didn't even get to, but the one of the, one of the most remarkable things about building an alchemy network is that you start to get paid for a lot of the things that you're already doing for free. So if you were building a network of, let's say, ideal clients or colleagues, whatever it might be, you already know from relationships and referrals the value of that, that how that really does bring some of the best, highest value clients. So you're doing a lot of the relationship juggling. You might as well get paid for it and and be more effective at it. And that's what this is. I mean, you can, you know, you can be making fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year from from that. And that's um, that's that's what I share over there. So share that URL one more time. ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash smashing. Sounds great. S M A S H I N G. Yes, and that is smashing. That's right. <laughs> Well, Dove, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo. My guest today has been Dove Gordon from ProfitableRelationships.com. Thank you again, Dove, for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how the best consultants are turning their relationship marketing from a time sink into a revenue stream and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.